Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. Uh. So scary, won't let them bury me That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Gary And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money uh-huh. Alright, welcome back to Don V Fridays After after a long bad week um, we, we was able to feed the streets with two episodes We want to thank our guests, Mook Reynolds and Gerard Evans For coming on, Mook, how you, Mook <laughs> How you living, bro? How you living, my boy? <laughs> I'm doing good, bro. We uh, yeah, we did good. I think we didn't really know what we were gonna do leading up to bye week, and then we just came out with uh those two episodes back to back with the guests. I think everybody enjoyed that from what I saw on the timeline and shit like that. So that was cool. Uh, good to give you guys something to you know listen to during when we have nothing going on. But uh, I'm excited for this weekend. Big game in Blacksburg. It'll be fun. So, so let's get after it. Big, big, big. Big game in Blacksburg. Um, we gonna get into all of that. Uh, we wasn't able to, to recap the Richmond game. We had interviews lined up during the bad week, so let's give a slight, slight Richmond recap. We everybody knows the story. Hokies win the game twenty-one to ten. Um, it wasn't a it wasn't a great showing, but it was not. It was a sorry showing from the offense particularly at the quarterback position, no matter who was in there. This ain't just a bird. This ain't just a bird. My standard session. Yep. Um, clearly the offense. It's been, we got four games now. We got four games on tape. Uh, the, there's no spin for this one. It's rich, man. It's no spin. The, the offense clearly plateaued now if they were if y'all want to say the unc game was the peak that ain't saying much either so what do you think we, we we're not even gonna move forward we're gonna, we're gonna stay on this richmond game for now what was your assessment of the offense uh two weeks ago i think they they're exactly what we thought you know moving moving from uh from the West Virginia game, they're just, they're really bad off script. Uh, they struggle moving the ball down the field. I think the offensive line is a major, a major problem now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just tough for them to run the ball. It's tough for them to pass the ball. And they're really lacking playmakers at the quarterback position. And it's showing that, you know, how much Herbert carried this offense last year. Um, even though I do like these running backs, they're not at the level that Herbert was. He made plays that got us out of bad situations and, and kept the offense looking good, even when it might have not looked that good. Um, I really think that we need to be able to move the ball down the field better in the passing game, and that's still been like non-existent. Um, we, I think we have the receivers to do it. I don't think the receivers are the problem. I think it's the quarterback and the play calling that could be better. Uh, so – I think we've seen kind of what this offense can do. It's just a matter of can the defense 
hold the other team to less points than, you know, the offense can score. And that's going to be kind of the test this week going up against yeah, it's, a, a it's team a, that sucks like Notre Dame. So it's a dated, it's a dated philosophy when you out here hoping that you can hold teams to even, right. even that bad would work. offense. You, yeah. The hope, you know, trying to hope that teams aren't scoring in 2021 is a crazy way to go about business. Yeah, you could have you could have done that back in like 2010 or even 2005, but the game is much different now, and offenses are too high power to like you know just rely only on your defense. Yeah, you got G five teams out here running the thing. Um, my my biggest issue with the offense, and it's not even not even just talking about Richmond. It seems like this team struggles to give anybody a big piece of chicken, and what I mean by that is. Once again, you got Jalen Holston. He got 37 yards on eight curries. Uh, Blackshear probably has – he had less than that. Vermeister mm-hmm. gets 30-some yards rushing. Like, nobody gets a big piece of chicken in his offense unless they're Khalil Herbert, obviously, which, honestly, they kind of slipped and tripped on that because that was an outlier because since Fuente been here, there's been no 1,000-yard backs other than Khalil Herbert last year where – we hitched our wagon to, you know. Right. Is this his a transfer whole, to save the day? His whole situation. Trey Turner did have six catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. The touchdown he caught, one of the catches of, of the year as far as Virginia Tech plays of the year, being able to get that foot back in because – Yeah, that was, that was a weird play. But the play before that, when he was wide open – and Burmeister overthrew him. It's just like, bro, what? Mm-hmm. That that kind of set the tone on the day. Mind you, that was the opening draft where we're yep. good. And it was just like, oh, my God, here we go again, right? But the next play, they go back to it because they're, they're trying to. And this is why I don't, I'm not as critical of play calling as a lot of other people are. They are trying. Corn is trying to get the receivers some stats and some confidence moving forward. Mind you, we're not a deep receiving core. We don't play four, five, six, seven dudes. It's mainly three dudes getting targets. Trey and Tay get the most, and then Caleb Smith gets targets. If you're not them three people, you might get a screen thrown at you. They don't trust nobody else to do shit in the receiving game. So, oh, yeah, and Blackshear gets, like, swing passes and check downs and screens and shit. And it's like Trey Turner had a decent game considering he should have had 200 yards. If we had a if we had a quarterback out there, Trey Turner would have had 200 yards and two touchdowns, but it is it is yeah. what it is. The it's, offense is what it is at this point. Yeah, it, it's sad cuz when that's going when that's going on, you got quarterbacks like Hendon Hooker and Quincy Patterson playing well elsewhere and it's like you feel like if they're there at Tech, we would have scored way more, and like this offense would be looking better because you're watching even Hendon Hooker throw passes in the SEC that look better than anything Burmeister's throwing all season. Yeah, yeah, Hendon Hooker's out there making big plays. I mean, yeah. big time throws downfield, which is what we need right now. Hendon Hook, Hendon Hooker is not the quarterback if you're trying to do quick game. Uh, crossing routes, that, that'll never be his strong suit. Throwing the ball downfield, using his mobility, 
and play action pass is where Hendon Hooker excels at. So to the people that used to say Hendon Hooker isn't act as accurate as Burmeister, yeah, in the short game, true. But how much more accurate is Burmeister than Hooker in the short game? Because marginally, he that much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, if that, like, what we what we give up, what we gave up in in uh, short term. I mean, short yard passing, we lost in spades in deep ball passing. Right, and I just I feel like. This offense, yeah, we dink and dunk or whatever, but Hendon Hooker was money on the play action posts and the shot plays and things like that. And uh, Hendon Hooker is a bigger, stronger player. He might not be top end faster than Burmeister. Burmeister might be a step faster, but Hendon Hooker can move. He can run. He's the he's a threat running the ball as well. So. Right, and especially how much this offense runs the quarterback, it's good to have a quarterback that's big and can take hits. Right, and 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 I would have loved to have, like I said, if the if the if it was Hendon and Burmeister this year, I think we would we would be feeling a lot better than the way we feel right now about the offense. But I agree. Defense held Richmond to two hundred thirty-seven total yards. We faced a backup quarterback. Their starting quarterback got pretty much uh, – he broke his thumb or some shit, like on the first or second play of the game. Um, they did what they were supposed to do against Richmond's backup quarterback. You know, not about to – not about to hand out a boatload of praise over that, but they did do they, – they did do their job. They did do well. They held them to four yards per play. I think Richmond coaches was pussy. They didn't want to go out there and go for it. I mean, you Richmond, you got paid 400000 to come out here and lose. And they just, you know, did did according to the script. They went out there, they laid down, they took their $40 and went home. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Richmond coaches for not attempting to make shit spooky because any other coach in America would have made that game spooky. It was way too close to be playing it as safe as they did. What you think about that? Yeah, no, I, it was definitely way too close. It was another one of those in-state uh, in-state games that I hate when Virginia Tech plays just because there's so much anxiety around playing teams in, in the state like like a Richmond. Um, so I was I was nervous this whole game, you know, only being up seven at halftime. I, I've just had flashbacks of losing games like this before. Um, but, you know, I, I would I really wanted to see more out of this team, uh, especially leading up into the bye and then and then having Notre Dame. And I, I feel like we just we know who this team is and we know the offense is going to struggle. We know the defense is going to be good and we just want to see how it matches up against Notre Dame. Yeah, we definitely want to see. We definitely want to see what has improved over the bye week. Uh, I think Braxton Burmeister has said that for him personally, the the bye week came at a good time because he was like we had predicted, still hurt—not hurt, but banged up from that Middle Tennessee State hit. Right, and um, so he was able to, I guess, rest, get get as healthy as possible going into this not ACC run because Notre Dame is an ACC technically but after Notre Dame going into the the ACC schedule and there's no more easy ones there's no more mm-hmm. guaranteed W's on our schedule everything is at best a toss-up so right no more freebies 
after this Richmond shit. And that was the hey, they made us work for that freebie. So what was your thoughts on Knox Kadem coming in the game on the six yard line? We yeah, only up I, seven points. You agree, disagree? What was your thoughts on that? I mean, I I I guess they wanted to see him and just like have mm-hmm. him out there. And I, you know, if there's a game to do that in, it was that game. Um, but I don't think he's any sort of savior. I don't think he's he's the backup that you want. Uh, especially, I think the problem too that we're running into is like we talked before the season of like what happens when Braxton Burmeister gets hurt and like he is smaller and he's going to take hits because of the way this offense runs. And like, if he's hurt, who are you going to play and Knox get him? He just doesn't look like the type of player that you want as a backup uh, that's going to play some significant amount of time down the road. So um, I didn't like what I saw from him so far. I would feel much better. Like you said, if we had Hen and hooker there too, or even just Quincy Patterson, like if we had just one of the two, that'd be awesome. Um, but having none of them and having Knox Kadem as a backup is not ideal for me. So that's, that's yeah, just, my I would have rather, I would have rather saw Taj. I'd have rather yeah, same. Taj I, agree. In spot. I would rather see, uh, going forward, a QB room. I, I would assume Burmeister will come back next year. Fuck yeah. It. That's, that's going to be tough because when Burmeister comes back, then, then orgy's coming too. And then you yeah. have then you have Bullock and Orgy behind Burmeister. Burmeister. It's like, are, are we gonna be? And I would rather that than, than Knox. Knox portal me, my boy. Uh, Godspeed. See you in FCS. But uh, no. Nah. Yeah, nah, it's gonna bro. be weird eligibility going forward with like all those guys. I really hope that Knox is the guy who leaves, and it's not Bullock or uh, or Orgy. Or Orgy. Some yeah, crazy exactly. Shit. Yep. Yes, I, I. I Orgy has to be looking at the current state of quarterback play at Tech and say, oh, I can get on the field as a true freshman. I don't see why I can't at least touch the field as a backup. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and Knox he should be, come, he should be coming at in the game was crazy on the six, and they let him throw. Like, well, he turned it over, whatever. Yeah. Shout out, hey, Knox, <laughs> shout out to you, bro. Um, like we don't mean to disrespect nobody, but uh, no, I mean this is power five football. <laughs> this ain't you know power friends football. This ain't he's a great guy football. This is power five. It's the highest level you can get. We trying to win. This ain't yep. got nothing to do with nothing personal, nothing like that. But uh, you know, Knox Kadem for JMU or some shit. Hey, all for I'm all for that. <laughs> um. Shout outs to the defense. Before we move on off this Richmond game, this is more so uh first four games of the season where we're at. So if you had to give out an offensive MVP for the first four games, mm. who would your offensive MVP be? Damn, that sucks. <laughs> That's a hard right. question. Um, I think I gotta say, uh, if it's strictly it's offense, I would say just I would say Trey Turner. But if you wanna if you wanna Trey say Turner. if you wanna say that uh, punt returns can count, it's, then, de- it's definitely Tavion Robinson. Then I think Tavion Robinson. Yeah, it's definitely Tavion Robinson. Uh, what he brings on special teams, and that yes, that is special teams, but that damn it helps the offense. I mean, he put. Yeah. If Tavion doesn't put, 
have a pump return touchdown, we beat Richmond 14 to 10. I agree. <laughs> we have a only different, totally different conversation. He also had a touchdown took away from him in West Virginia game. So as of right. now, I would say Tavion is offensive MVP through the first four games. Um, quarterback play has been hit or missed, to put it nicely. Uh, running backs, uh, running backs are doing okay. Like, nobody's getting a big piece of chicken. Yeah, but, they, you know they don't really have anywhere to run too, with the line being as bad as it is right now. Yeah, lines being shuffled. Line line is being shuffled. It isn't. It ain't. It ain't the same vice squad as last year. The holes right. aren't like last year's team. Um, and they're getting theirs, but they not. It, it, it's not a feast like last year where Herbert was doing. No, that definitely right. Um, a def- defensive MVP. If you had to give out a defensive MVP through the first four weeks, who would that be? Uh, I think for me, it's got to be Waller. I think just Jermaine how, Waller. Yeah, how he's been playing in coverage and in the interceptions. Uh, I think he's, you know, I think he's going to be, I think he's a, a, a first round type player if he keeps playing the way he is and, uh, you know, finishes the season with, you know, like maybe five, six interceptions. I think he's going to set himself up nicely. But I think, I think he's been playing the best, in my opinion. Most consistent, too. He's definitely been. He definitely regained his recapture his 2019 form. Shout out Jermaine Waller. Uh, like you said, has three interceptions in four games. But I'm gonna go Allen Tisdale. Okay. I think Tisdale been all over the field and linebacker play period is three, four, five times better than what the fuck uh Tracy Clays had out there last year. Um I got, I got, I gotta, I gotta put some respect on Jack Tyler's name. Um, yeah, facts. Coming into this season, he, it, it was a question mark. We all know Jack Tyler. You know, he was a, he was a good player at Virginia Tech. Uh, definitely want to put some respect on Jack Tyler's name as a legend and a player. But coming into it, we didn't know much about his his coaching and how he would fit. You know, with Jay Ham and, but obviously linebacker play is. Far, far improved than what was out there. Dax yeah. looks, and I was down on Dax coming into the season. Yeah, I Dax was, looks good too, in my opinion. Yeah, I was, I was, I was one of those people. Like, okay, they just, you know, Dax kind of living off four star hype and, quite frankly, being white. But whatever, <laughs> you know. Hey, look, shout out, listen, white people, don't do this. Don't get mad at me and call me racist and all that shit. Y'all love white linebackers who get bloody. We get it. It's cool. But Dax is actually playing this year. Like he was kind of coasting, you know, on, on right. reputation. But he's he hooping this year. Like I ain't I, I can't take it from him. He, I mean, he ain't doing it like Tisdale doing it, which is fine. Um, but he's up there with he's up there with Tisdale. Dax been hooping. Shout out to Dax, man. But, re- uh, Tisdale would be my uh defensive MVP going so going okay. so far. Yeah, I mean, just sticking on that whole the coaching thing, I feel like I really like the coaches on defense, all the position coaches mm-hmm. on defense. Like, J.C. Price, yep. Jack Tyler, Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith, somebody's going to try to get Ryan Smith some money. Oh. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's big At the time. end of this season, shout out Ryan Smith. Yeah, um, I, I also think Jack Tyler's the lowest paid coach on, on the entire team. I think we did an episode right. when we first started the podcast and he was only making like 185 grand, which is like a lot lower than right. anybody else. 
and Tracy Clays was making five hundred thousand dollars last year to do nothing. Exactly. Yeah, but shout out to him. He's been doing a great job. I think the linebackers, like you said, have been playing really well. I would, I would definitely have said uh, Tisdale too. I think he was my, you know, like second option there. Yeah, shout out, shout out, definitely Jack, Jack Tyler. He's been doing the damn thing with these linebackers, and then, and, and um, and like I said, Tisdale and Dax been playing. But um, let me let me ask I, let me ask you a question ahead. real quick. Uh, who who is your most improved player on any most. side of the ball? Either most, side of the ball. Yeah, or a player you think is playing most, better than yeah, you thought. Most improved player. Hmm. That is, I would say Luke Tenuta. Okay. Um I was, I not I wasn't down. No, fuck that. I was down. I was like, you know what? Flat <laughs> bro the left tackle because shit looked kind of crazy last year, right tackle for Luke for Tenuta. So I'm going to say Tenuta because outside of the one play in the West Virginia game, he has – you haven't really heard his name in a negative light. Uh, he's been doing the damn thing out there. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Tenuta. Who you got? Uh, I'm torn. I'm, I'm in between Nasir Peoples and Amari Chapman. Uh, in, in between yeah, Peoples, both of them. Peoples – I mean, he was he coming off injury. He's coming off nothing. Like, I don't, nobody really yeah. expected him to do anything this year. He's keeping Devin Hunter off the fucking field. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, yeah. what, hey, what can we say? He's keeping Devin Hunter on the fuck off the field. Shout out Devin Hunter. Bro, bro we're not even seeing the field. Right. Because of, of Nazir Peoples. And um, I want to say Jermaine Waller also, just off the fact that last year he wasn't healthy a lot. And um, he didn't – you know, he didn't look like himself. Like in 2019, he was one of the best corners in the ACC and right. Michaela Farley. Uh, um, and 2020, when he did play, um, he didn't have that confidence. He had that swag. He ain't had none of that. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Waller too for regaining, mm-hmm. uh, re- reestablishing himself as one of the best in the conference. Yeah. So hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout, shout out to the Hokies, man. They're three and one. I think if you ask most Hokie fans, where would they be? Where would we be? I could talk about some of the most positive Hokies to some of the most negative Hokies. I think majority of Hokie fans had us three and one, two and two going into this game with Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, anybody that had us going zero and four or one and three, like, no. <laughs> You got to get that negativity out of your life. Yeah, you got to stop hanging around with people like that. But most Hokey fans with a brain had us at the very worst two and two. I don't think a lot of people had us beating UNC. I think they had, I think a lot of people had us losing to UNC and beating West Virginia. I just right. think, I think yeah. a lot of people had us three and one, but maybe that would have been inverse. But uh, shout out to the boys, man. They, they, they're, on, they're meeting our expectations in the in the big picture they're meeting expectations they're not exceeding expectations we're not uh retaining no coaches they're meeting expectations you agree right. with that or, or yeah what? i i completely agree with that excited for the rest of the season because it, it's completely in their control if if they're going to be competitive in the acc it's wide open so i want to see them you know give it their best shot the acc is wide open clemson looks about as beatable as you can get. Their offense is 
spooky as hell. Yeah. They should have lost to Boston College. Boston College had their ass on the ropes. Uh, it's, 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 it's out there for the taking. Uh, Clemson's down, clearly, this year at least. Uh, Miami's down. Yeah, We beat UNC, so that's out of the way. We already beat UNC, and UNC is – they got another conference loss, so they pretty much done unless, you know, we start fucking off. Uh, Virginia's already got a conference loss. UVA is – their defense is ass. They should have lost to Miami. Yep. Is the conference is out there, and I don't just mean the coastal. The whole thing is out there. Uh, it's looking like Wake Forest and Pitt, as of right now, October the what sixth. We recording this. Wake and Pitt look like the best teams. Well, what the fuck does that mean right now? Knowing that this is the ACC. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like it doesn't mean shit. I feel like by week eight, it'll don't it'll mean, actually it don't mean shit. Yeah. Wake Forest will not get out of November. Y'all heard it here first. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to entertain the thought of like Wake Forest winning the ACC because that's not happening. Yeah, because I don't know how old you was when Wake Forest won the ACC the last time, two thousand and six. But uh, those were some scary times in the ACC when Wake <laughs> Forest won the ACC, bro. They won the whole goddamn shit. <laughs> we like we as a league let Wake Forest celebrate. With yeah. an ACC trophy, that's it, sad. It, it was it was sad as hell. I think uh, Wake Forest. I think they had Riley Skinner at quarterback. They had Anquan Bolden's younger brother. I can't even remember his name. He just Anquan Bolden's brother. <laughs> uh, and I think they had Aaron Curry at linebacker. And that was it. That's all they had, and they won the whole shit. Man, wild times. But this yeah, is one of them type of years, though. Twenty twenty one college season. It's been one of those weird old years where everybody's getting knocked off. Everybody looks, everybody looks like not right. So yeah, except yeah. except Bama and Georgia, but <laughs> and a couple G five teams too. Shout out Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Shout out the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, Brendan Hill had a good point. He had a good point talking about Cincinnati because he said just a couple years ago Cincinnati played Virginia Tech in the bowl game. Yep. And you see two totally different trajectories. And I I didn't know which bowl game he meant because we played them in three different bowl games in the last decade. I think well, it was the military bowl. Yeah, but we played them in two military bowls. Oh. <laughs> I was at one. I went to one. Um, so I don't know if he meant the 2018 one or the 2014 one. <laughs> Or even if he meant the Orange Bowl, we played them in 2009. Uh, but I, I, I think he meant the last time we played them in the 2018 Military yeah. Bowl. And um, like, 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 like he said, the teams were on two different trajectories since then. Mind you, we had to move heaven and earth just to play Marshall just to get to that bowl game. So we didn't even deserve to be there for real, for real. Right. Um. Yeah, he was now, having to make some shit shake just to get there. Yeah, and now they're they're on the verge of being a Power Five team, and they just beat Notre Dame in South Bend, and uh, their last loss was to Georgia, and what was that? One of the New right. Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, the Peach in the in the Peach Bowl, yeah. and it was a good game. Oh, it yeah, go yeah it was a good game too. Like that, that's what I think a lot of people are forgetting. Like the last time since he played uh, Georgia, like that was a good game, and 
you know, now they have an opportunity to get in a position to play Georgia again. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter. Hey, shout, hey, shout outs. Shout out. Shout out to the Bearcats. Yes, sir. Week five. Or was it week six? Week six. Week six. Week six. <laughs> <laughs> we took like, we took week five off. I lost yeah. I, I still lost all my bets. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about week five gambling. Week six college football. You know we like the we know we y'all know we like the lie. <laughs> we like to lie on these games and uh see how things that shake out. Y'all know we gotta take care of that for y'all. The Red River rivalry, Red River shootout. Fuck all that. Fuck all the Red River rivalry. The Red River shootout this weekend. College game day gonna be there. Number six, Oklahoma versus number 21, Texas. It's always a neutral site at the Texas State Fair or some shit. Oklahoma <laughs> is three and a half point favorites, but Oklahoma has not looked normal this year. Who do you got in this game? Uh, Texas coming off of a pretty close win against TCU um, and Oklahoma coming off of that win against Kansas State where they barely won as well. Uh, Both of these teams, I feel like this is a complete toss-up as well, but I'm going to go with Texas. I think Texas is playing better right now, and I think you know this is the game that Sark can win for Texas and like solidify himself as like the coach for the future. Uh, I think Spencer Rattlers look pretty bad too, so I'm rolling with Texas. Rolling with, rolling with you, rolling with Texas in the point. So you got him just. No, I got, I got right. a straight up money line Texas. Straight up, take upset special. Oklahoma, another one of these teams that's been making me look foolish all year so far. Yeah, they barely beat West Virginia, and they also barely beat Nebraska too. They've been fucking off with everybody. Starting with Tulane. We thought that was an outlier. They've been fucking off all year. But I'm rolling with Oklahoma in the point. I'm taking Oklahoma. <laughs> you don't learn. I don't learn. <laughs> hard head make a soft ass. I'm taking Oklahoma. They gonna... This is the week Oklahoma puts it all together. <laughs> Lie of the week. First game, lie of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking Oklahoma in the points. All right. The deep deep South's oldest rivalry. I think that's the name of this rivalry. The deep South's oldest rivalry. Georgia, number two, Georgia versus number 18, Auburn. Georgia is 15 and a half favorites. Georgia has been beating the shit out of everybody, not except Clemson. Um, what you got happening in in this game? Uh, it's the same thing. They're gonna smoke Auburn. Uh, I don't think Auburn even necessarily looked good against LSU last week. I think LSU just made a lot of really bad plays, and Bo Nix made a couple of good plays. Um, I don't think LSU is that good either. So it's it's not like you know. I feel like they yeah. they ranked Auburn at eighteen. We were just talking about this in the pre-show, but uh, Wake is undefeated and Wake's at nineteen, and Auburn has a loss, and they almost lost to Georgia State in their eighteen. Probably just for the sake of like having this be a another good quote SEC matchup, but I think Georgia's going to blow them out. So I'm taking Georgia with the spread. Now I'm taking Georgia. Auburn is not good. Um, Bo Nix made a ESPN top 
25 play and shout out Bo Nix. But uh, nah, Chief, you try some shit like that this week, that thing going the other way. Yeah, for, for points. Yeah, yeah completely uh, different defense. I say this every year. The SEC is a Ponzi scheme. The SEC is a Ponzi scheme. The SEC always has two or three elite teams. And then you got what we like to call the journeyman teams. They always got these gatekeeper teams that they serve no purpose but to pad the elite team's resume. Nobody got Auburn doing shit in the grand scheme. I don't know how they rank 18 uh, for beating LSU. Um, yeah, I, it's just SEC bullshit. So it's, it's some SEC shit going on. Uh, take Georgia, take the points. 15 and a half. I, it could be 35 and a half. Take Georgia. They're <laughs> going to beat the shit out of this team uh, like they've been doing everybody else. The game that probably should have game day, but I don't know, maybe some contractual shit about this Red River shootout. It's because uh, it's not on Fox. Because it, 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 it's not on yeah, Fox and shit like that. Or it's on Fox. Say, yeah. yeah, it's on Fox at 4 p.m. Because they sure know how to schedule shit over there. <laughs> Penn State at Iowa. Um, Number four. Let me, let me put some respect on these people's names. It's a top five match. Number four, Penn State at number three, Iowa. Um. Both, both, both teams, both programs. This is a huge, huge opportunity. Uh, the winner of this game, the winner of this game is probably is well. They're already the two best programs. That's not Bama, Georgia, but they can win this game, and I don't think it would be nothing else to talk about if you know they can keep their nose clean until playoff time. Yeah, as far as if they deserve a spot, I think that would go without saying. Um. I don't have that spread in front of me. That game is basically a toss-up, if I'm not mistaken. But let's yeah. get the, let's get the, let's get the proper. It's only a point and a half uh, spread in favor of Iowa. So, so so ba- basically a toss-up. I I do um, want to say though that if mm-hmm. if Iowa wins this game, the only there's no other ranked teams on their schedule. They play Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. That's the rest of their slate. So they they could walk away with this game, run right. the rest of their their schedule, and play in the Big Ten championship for a chance at a playoff spot. And have to play Penn State. Probably right. be playing them again. Yeah, but Penn Penn State's schedule is much harder. They play at at Ohio State. They play at home versus Michigan, and then they play at Michigan State. Michigan State is actually look really good this year as well. So this is, this yeah. is true. Huge, huge game for both teams, but I feel like if Penn State loses, it's going to make their road way harder than Iowa's because Iowa could still make the Big Ten championship and make the playoff if they go undefeated, if, even if they lose this game. Yeah, this this one, it's a tough call. This is the toughest call since we've been doing this. I'm going to go with – I think I think I've been picking Penn State I think I've, I'm undefeated picking Penn State. Like Penn State this season for me is the is the opposite of me and Oklahoma. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna keep riding Penn State. They haven't made me look like a fool yet. I'm taking Penn State <laughs> straight up. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Iowa. Straight up money line. Um, 
I just think it's in Iowa, which is the difference. I think whatever team is the home team in this game wins. And I think just because it's at Iowa, it's going to be hard for Penn State. It's definitely going to be one of those atmospheres, one of those Iowa atmospheres. And Iowa has a game every year where they do upset somebody, one of these Big Ten East schools where they have a major stage. or Right. Even if it's not a big game, it's a big game for Iowa. And they'd be like, oh, no, y'all ain't coming up to here and embarrassing us. So, But I'm taking I'm taking Penn State because, uh, uh, hey, James Frank, I'm sticking with you, my boy. You ain't made me look crazy yet. So I'm sticking with Iowa. Over to the ACC side of things. Georgia Tech at Duke. Georgia Tech is three-and-a-half point favorites. Georgia Tech is a fucking mess, but Duke is worse. <laughs> Who you got winning this game? Uh, I said this when we were when we were talking before we recorded, but uh, I think I, I think this is a game where Georgia Tech's gonna lose and nobody's gonna watch it, and that's what I'm gonna stick by. I think Duke. I'm calling Duke money line. Um, I think you're just gonna. You're, this is a ticker game where you're gonna see it on the ticker. You're gonna see Duke winning, and it, it nobody's gonna watch. So that's my pick. Nobody's watching this shit. Um. <sighs> I, I'm taking Georgia Tech. I'll take Georgia Tech. I'm not confident in Georgia Tech at all. They haven't shown me nothing. Yeah, they hung tough for Clemson, but that don't even mean shit no more. Uh, give me Georgia Tech in the points. UVA at Louisville. UVA is coming off this Miami game where they should have lost. Kicker missed a 33-yard kick. Uh, UVA defensively has looked like pure ass. Uh, but Louisville also, you know, two losses on the season for them as well. Louisville's favorite by two and a half is basically a pick them. Which, who do you got even winning this game? Because throw the points away. Because yeah. these motherfuckers. You know? I'm just taking, I'm th- I think I'm just going to take Virginia straight up. Uh, I think they're the better team. I think uh, I think Louisville's been like skirting by, just getting by and like winning their games. But I think they're low key some ass, and so I think even Virginia with their bad defense, I think they're gonna still score more and beat them. I think you're right. I think you're right. I I, I think you're right. I'm taking UVA. Uh, UVA been so they got some injuries. They 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 got injuries. They defense look like ass, but. Shit, Brendan Armstrong been hooping. I can't, I can't deny that. Yeah. He almost has two thousand yards. It's five games in. <laughs> Brendan Armstrong been hooping. I, I gotta That's take UVA, man. I'm taking UVA straight up. I'm taking UVA straight up. Number nineteen, Wake Forest at Cuse. Uh, Wake Forest is six point favorites, but us Virginia Tech fans know. It's something about playing up in that dome, up in that carrier dome. It it it, it, it it's provided nightmares for some of the best of the best. Even Clemson go up there and sometimes and, and have bad performances up in that dome. Wake Forest is, as of right now, the best team in the ACC. The only one that's undefeated. Uh, what you got? What you got shaking out in this game right here? Oh man. This is a weird game because Syracuse just beat Liberty like two weeks ago, and then they just lost to Florida State. 
but and it's in the, the the dome i feel like the dome is just like another universe like shit just happens there you don't even know about it um but i think i'm gonna stick with wake forest against the spread i don't think syracuse is there yet and i think wake forest has a lot of momentum i think wake wake's gonna fall off but after this game yes wake for i got wake forest as well i got wake for i got wake forest i got i'm taking the points it's something about that dome that's um <laughs> we know all too well, man. That dome is, is spooky hours, especially when Q's ain't playing for shit. Right. That's when they at their best. Don't nobody give a fuck about Q's. And you go up there to that dome with your dreams and the and your hopes. <laughs> that's when Q's go up there to fuck your whole life up. But I'ma take Wake. I'ma take Wake and I'ma take the points because Wake's issues. They don't start till November. Um, I'm taking I'm taking Wake Forest. Another weird game to predict: Florida State at UNC. Florida State beat UNC last year um, in Tallahassee. Tal- Florida State at times looks like one of the worst teams in Power Five, but. For some reason, North Carolina, when they face motivated opponents, North Carolina can't quite, they haven't looked dominant, you know, or they haven't looked like how they were supposed to look. Sometimes offensively when they clicking, it's one of the best offenses in the country. But then on the next, on the same game, you looking around like, what, what is this? Right. They look disjointed at times. What are you guys shaking out in this Florida State at UNC game? The spread's 17 and a half uh, for, for the Tar Heels. Florida State is worse this year than they were last year, I think. And I don't know, man. They, I feel like North Carolina's offense is at least good enough to score more than Florida State can. So I, I'm going to – I'm going to take Florida State against the spread just because I, I don't – I think seven and, 17 and a half is a lot of points, but I don't think Florida State's got a chance at beating them. I agree. I, I take Florida State. I'm taking I'm taking, the, I'm taking Florida State. Uh, something about Carolina, man, uh, I don't know. There's going to be, like, nobody at that game either. The stands are going to be empty. I feel like North Carolina's not really even going to be caring about the game. Yeah, it's it's some about it's some about when Florida State and UNC play. Like that's another weird game to predict. Um, I, I could go, I could sit up here and say what what UNC should do and how Florida State should look, but you dealing you dealing with North Carolina, man. Weirdo yeah. shit happens. Last but not least, the main event, our main event, <laughs> primetime ACC Network. Uh, I think it's 7.30 kickoff for us. Um, number 14, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. Notre Dame is coming off the loss to Cincinnati. Um, so Notre Dame has played a tough schedule so far. They 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 played Wisconsin on a neutral field. They played Cincinnati at home. Now they're going on the road to Virginia Tech. That's a tough stretch yeah. of it games. Get- it doesn't get easier for them either. They play uh, USC next week and then UNC the week after that. Yeah, so Dota Dave is in the midst of a tough stretch of games, road games, neutral site games, tough home games too. 
Um, Virginia Tech is coming off their bye week. So advantage Virginia Tech. You, you got guys that has been resting. You got coaches that's been preparing. And uh, they, Notre Dame's going to be coming into an environment. I don't think the vibes are going to be September 3rd-like. I think some of that has calmed down. Like I say, like we've been saying, UNC walked into a different environment. That was a that those fans were not allowed in the stadium for a year, and there was a lot of preseason talk about Carolina and how good they were going to be, and they were recruiting their ass off, and the motivation was there. Right. I don't think the motivation is there for this Notre Dame. I think people look at this Notre Dame like it's going to be a big game and people are going to be turned up, but I don't think it's going to be turned up to September 3rd levels. Uh, before we get into the game, what's your take on uh, the layout of this game, the environment, how things look like, how things look like it's going to shape up to be? I think Virginia Tech wants it to be – you know, another September 3rd, especially the coaching staff, because that's that's really the reason why we beat North Carolina, in my opinion. I think we play that North Carolina game um, anywhere else at any other time or in a COVID year, I think we lose. But you need the fans. You need an environment like the one we had before. And I'm not sure if we're going to get it or not. I, I feel like we're going to get something close to it. But the other thing that was different about the UNC game is it was on a Friday night and like there was no other games on at the time. It was, it was kickoff week. Uh, there was a lot of excitement. Like, I'm not sure if that's going to be here, especially because Notre Dame's not even in the ACC. So really in the grand scheme of things, this game doesn't really matter a whole lot. Also, right. just because Notre Dame came off a loss, like their, their rankings lower than it was. They're not a top 10 team anymore. Uh, UNC was a top 10 team at the time. So I really hope the environment is similar because if it is, we're going to have a chance with our defense and controlling the game. But I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a little bit less than what we saw from the UNC game. Yeah, I, I think I think the environment going to be just a tad less, just off the pure fact that people have seen the product. Right. And and September third, a lot of people, even though they kind of knew what the product was going to be, they, it was still a lot of hopium in the air. Maybe we got a good offense. Maybe yeah, exactly. we had we got the quarterback. Maybe we got Johnny Manziel 2.0. You know, not a, now, you know, reality not, sets not, a, not as much hopium out there. So now people have seen the product and now they're saying, okay, we got to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this to win the game. So I do think that I think it's gonna be a nice environment. I think it's gonna be a dope environment, but I don't think it's gonna be on the Rick the scale in the sand, man, people losing their fucking minds. Uh, right. I think people going to be a little bit more, okay, be hyped, but September 3rd was different. That was that was like that Ohio State game in 2015. Like, motherfuckers really, really, really wanted that one. But Yeah, I mean, we, they stormed the field afterwards. Right, that was nasty. You know, <laughs> Don't storm the field for no fucking North Carolina, bro. I don't care what they rank is. That was nasty. Fuck wrong with y'all. Yeah. Uh, so what we got to do to win this game? Um, we talked about the offense earlier. We talked about their struggles. No, Notre Dame defense is giving up around, I think, 28 points per game defensively. We just seen them lose. We've seen them struggle. What do we have to do offensively to get back on the horse, to get back, uh, to get back popping? 
Uh, the one thing Notre Dame's defense is better than us at is against the rush. They they're averaging 122 yards against the rush and we're at 136. So I think we're really going to have to be able to throw the ball a decent amount. Uh, but it's going to be something similar to what we saw on September 3rd, uh, get a little bit of a lead and then control the game. But I think Burmeister is going to have to make some critical throws. And if he makes them, we got a chance. And if he misses, then we're going to be in a bad spot. So <clears throat> I think it's going to come down to a couple throws on offense, but they're going to have to open it up just a little bit. They're going to have to definitely open it up. Um, the book is out. The book is out on the offense. The book is out on Burmeister. The book is out. So if they go out there and they think that, you know, throwing, throwing passes at the line of scrimmage and Burmeister scrambling is going to suffice, it's not because Notre Dame's coming off a loss. I think worst case scenario for Virginia Tech was Notre Dame coming off a loss because now they're going to be sharper, they're going to be more focused, and they're going to be looking to get back into the win column. Right. I don't. It, it's one, hard to catch Notre Dame two weeks in a row. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you not. I don't like Brian Kelly for a lot of reasons, but I would be a hater if I didn't say that's one of the best coaches in the game, and he's he a sharp motherfucker. Like he's he's sharp as a tack. You 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 don't normally catch him like you said. You don't normally catch him slipping twice, and we are not Cincinnati. We can't look at whatever the fuck Cincinnati did and say let's go do that. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have we don't have Desmond Ritter we don't have we don't have man, it's fucking crazy that G five and we're not but we don't have that team <laughs> um so we got to do things a bit different I want to see our running backs I don't I don't want to see us give up on the run game with our running backs for Burmeister run Burmeister scrambles call Burmeister runs and one-yard passes. I don't want to see us get away from the run game just because they might stuff it early. Notre Dame definitely going to – you're going to have to stick with your run game. Don't give up on that shit and say, all right, Burmeister, just run around and make shit shake because they can fuck around and get broken doing shit like that. Kyle Hamilton is one of the best safeties in the country. No, right. Kyle Hamilton is the best He's safety the best. in the country. Yep. We, that, 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 them lollipops, them 50-50 lollipops, the thing, the difference between when we played Richmond and Middle Tennessee State and even West Virginia, when he was throwing those lollipops out there, those were our ball. That's our ball. It's not a 50-50. That's our ball versus those DBs. Now, going forward in ACC play, it is a true 50-50 or their ball. Yep. <laughs> so, so the runaround lollipop shit, over with. This week is their ball. Ain't no 50 50. Uh, so that's facts. So, and Burmeister is a see it, throw it quarterback. And when you go out, when you got safety like Kyle Hamilton, if you see it and throw it, it's going the other way. Ain't nothing to talk about. So, I mean, over the bat, we Burmeister not gonna turn to Peyton Manning. So, it's gonna, he's gonna need a lot of help from Blackshear. Hosting, uh, Keyshawn King, Marco Lee, whoever's getting handoffs, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a a committee effort. But they have to run the ball with the backs. I think the backs in the offensive line. This is gonna. I think it's supposed to rain. I think it's supposed to be cold or, or chilly. 
they're going to have to do this playing grit, gritty football. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to look pretty. This is going to be a grit game. This is going to be uh, and, 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 and honestly, cold, rain, physical, it plays into their hands, honestly. But that's how we're going to have to win this game because they're going to want to make it a fist fight. They don't got no quarterback either. Yep. So they're going to be trying to make it a fist fight too. They got better backs than we do. Let's not lie to ourselves. They got better backs than us. Um, they're going to look to make this a physical <clears throat> slugfest of a game too. Yeah, their, their offensive line is really bad right now, though. Even though their backs are good, it's hard for them to run the ball. They're only averaging like 32 – I mean, not 32, 82 yards per, of uh, rushing per game. So, I think we can – if we can play well against their offensive line, I think we can try and contain their backs. But it's going to be, I think, a really low-scoring game. Yeah, if this – if this – if – if this defensive line – and shout-out to Tawan Garbutt and Amari Barno and – Eli Adams and, and his defensive line, but I know Notre Dame hasn't been looking right, but this would be the perfect environment and the perfect weather setting for them to try to they I think they're gonna try to make this shit into a fist fight. Right. And I hope those I hope those boys is ready. I hope them boys is I hope them boys is, is ready for it to get nasty out there uh Saturday night. Uh any other notes on this Notre Dame team that we need to be aware of? Yeah, I mean, the, the only th- the only other thing I got is they got basically three quarterbacks that they're probably going to be rotating into the game and that we don't really even know who we're going to see at quarterback. So um, going to be a lot of different looks. And I, I think our defense is going to play well this game, though, all around. It's just going to be about can our offense score just enough to, to win the game? Definitely, definitely the defense. The, the defense probably – is going to need a turnover or two to assist this offense, give them a short field or straight out, outright give them points. Yeah. Um, live the fucking week. Uh, I think I said Jack Cone was going to have a revenge game against Wisconsin. I mean, they won the game. <laughs> <laughs> live the fucking week. Uh, shout out Jack Cone, bro, with your mid-ass. Uh, Jack, bro, bro, Jack. I, he's still better than Graham Mertz. That's the crazy part. Yeah. <laughs> Graham Mertz is some trash. Shout out to Graham Mertz. I think bro was a five-star quarterback too. Yeah, he was. That's crazy. And he was about I know the only five-star like, quarterback in Wisconsin history. I know Wisconsin's like, bro, like that. If you put on the jersey as a Wisconsin quarterback, you just like you just get trashed. Like it's just in your DNA. I don't know how Russell Wilson survived it. But like if you just put <laughs> you that, just if you put that Wisconsin jersey at quarterback, you just get sorry. It's just like <laughs> there was a time period. If you put on like a, a Florida State uniform as a receiver, you got faster. Like, like I don't care what your forty was in camp, but <laughs> when you put on that, when you put that spear on, you just got faster. Like if you put on a, a, a Wisconsin uniform and, as a quarterback, you just get sorry. And you just yeah. need to hand that bitch off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even he can't hand it off. He's fumbling handoffs and shit. And... Yeah, bro. Shout out Jack Cole. Hopefully Jack Cole get majority of the snaps so we can win this bitch. <laughs> they play anybody That's else. Our goose is fucking cooked. Yep. A <laughs> running a running quarterback. Oh Lord Jesus. Please help us. <laughs> help us. Help us. 
helpers. But uh, yeah, man, we we have to win a ugly, nasty slugfest of a game. The early betting lines, I think Virginia Tech was favored by one point. I've seen. I don't know what it is today. It's one. Uh-huh. It's one for for Notre Dame. Okay, so it's basically a toss up. So, I mean, but yeah, like a couple of days ago, it was Virginia Tech minus one. So, basically a toss up game. If to get, especially with the with this uh, rain in the forecast, and it's supposed to be a chilly night, so you can expect a low scoring, hard hitting. Yeah, physical, gritty game. <laughs> I do want to say the over under is at forty seven, and I I think it should be like a lot lower than that. So, yeah, if you're, especially with these, especially with these quarterbacks. Yeah, mm. if you're if you're mm. a bet man out there, I'd be uh, slamming that under forty seven. I am a betting man, but uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm about to retire from this shit, bro. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, I'm glad I can't bet Virginia Tech, bro, because I who knows why I'd be. I'd be homeless fucking with these boys, man. <laughs> what else going on in the world, man? What's up with Urban Meyer, bro? Uh, yeah, not not good PR for, for Jacksonville. They're terrible on the field, and then their head coach is doing that shit off the field. Uh, like uh, it's just wild situation. Like he's he's at a was at a bar with like another couple girls that weren't his wife. Um, yes, yeah. Didn't fly back with the team, which I thought was like the worst part of it. Like, like I mean, you you remember like if you were ever on teams or anything like that. Like when you lose the game, can you imagine just like going home without coach? Like coach, right. to- <laughs> <laughs> like coach. <laughs> Like coach just doesn't come home with you, bro. Don't come home, man. Like <laughs> you don't even get yelled at. Urban Meyer up yelled in, at. That man up in the bar, man. He got cheeks on his lap, man. Living his best life. Meanwhile, <laughs> his wife on Twitter bathing the churn. <laughs> <laughs> Motherly duties. <laughs> Team mom. Yeah, uh, she... Somebody at her and said, uh, "Mama, you need to check what your husband do." <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. need to search Urban Meyer on Twitter and see what your husband up to. I mean, how do you not think that you like? How, how does Urban Meyer think that he can do that and not get caught? Or maybe he was fine with getting caught. He, he was cool. Yeah, maybe he, he was cool with it. Yeah. He like, bro. I ain't, I think the Jaguars lost four games this season. I think they're on four. Yeah, on four so far. Urban Meyer probably never seen four losses in a season since the eighties, because <laughs> he was a GA or some shit. Since he, he was playing football, <laughs> he probably never seen four losses. He he probably ain't seen four losses over the last decade. Like it probably takes <laughs> a decade for him to see four losses. So for him to see them shits in one month, he like, bro, I gotta get out the house. What, fuck <laughs> what y'all talking about? We talk about a motherfucker with heart issues. He hanging out with young, fertile women, and he got a bad heart. Boy, if you don't get your fucking ass on and watch the <laughs> prices right or some shit, get your old lab. Look, man, these young women want to be sexually satisfied, my boy. Your old, unhealthy ass. Boy, get the fuck on. <laughs> Motherfucker got the late late show to watch or some shit on DVR. Boy, you trying to hang out with these young women? Get your ass 
end up in a goddamn hospital or some shit fucking with this <laughs> meanwhile your wife on twitter washing your kids ass and wiping their snotty nose while you out trying to get pussy chill bro wild Urban think, Meyer is a wild boy you think he's gonna last the whole year <laughs> they were saying the teammate fucking man i don't know i'm i'm intrigued i think he does last the year i think he does last the year because the thing about nfl gms is they don't like to admit that they fucked up a hire so i think they they, they i think he lasts this year and hopefully by the end of the year trevor lawrence is starting to figure it out and string one two wins together so they can go out on a positive note because right now shit is crazy looking yeah uh the only game that they have coming up that is like somewhat winnable is i think the dolphins and then the rest of their schedule is like extremely hard so they might be looking at a scenario where they're like oh and eight oh and nine yeah then urban meyer gonna be doing more than just hitting the local bars up yeah. Okay. Let, let me read this Wait. out real quick. Uh, the next this this upcoming week they play the Titans, who just lost to the jet to the Jets, and I doubt they're going to mm-hmm. lose to a winless team again. So probably an L. Then they play the Dolphins in London the next week. Then they play mm. C- Seattle, Bills, and Colts. So they could probably lose all those games. Um, not looking is good. Lon- is London, England, ready for Urban Meyer? <laughs> he might stay. Is 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 London, England? I mean, because he was hanging out with chicks here. He might go over there, bro. He was hanging out with chicks in Ohio. He was hanging out with bitches in Ohio. <laughs> he might be Austin motherfucking Powers over there. Shit, <laughs> he gonna be over there trying to get. Oh, he gonna be trying to go. Oh, he gonna be trying to get his piece wet around there in, in London. Oh man, get your get your smartphones ready. He's going to go a week early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. I got to go out there and, and we got to do some out. extra prep. We got to scout. And I, and, and I got uh, to prep the team a week early for for, for Europe time. <laughs> Bro going to be out there getting his dick wet. Shout out Urban Meyer, man. Shout out to all coaches that get their dick wet off to the side. We know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> shout out to all the coaches that used to be on Backpage, buying pussy. We hey we know we know what you're doing, uh, hey man, coaching is a stressful ass job. I get it, I get it. Dude, dudes got to release, and the thing about Urban Meyer is his wife. She know the game, man. She look, man. Urban gonna go out there. He gonna get his dick wet. He might even do drugs, but he come home. Yeah, that's, that's the, a lot of women need to realize that when you are married to a powerful man, not your not your husband that work at the gas station, but when you married to a powerful man that's under a lot of stress, you gotta let that man run a little bit wild sometimes. What Urban fucked up at is he embarrassed the brand. That's what he fucked up at. Right. He didn't fuck up doing his thing. He fucked up embarrassing the Meyer name. And embarrassing his wife because she found out on Twitter. That's what he fucked up at. Exactly. But as far as a, a coach going out there, having a couple drinks, getting some strange ass, man, that's that's that 
me call that shit a Tuesday over here on Davi Fridays. But that's it, man. That's it for this week, man. Want well, to thank y'all for rocking with rocking with us on Davi Fridays, Best Virginia Tech Podcast. Oh all yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Nobody coming like this. Uh, shout out to Mook Reynolds and Gerard Evans for coming coming on during bad week. Yes, sir. Who else dropping classic episodes on bad week though? <laughs> Nobody. Back to back on bad weeks. You got anything? You got anything to say to the people before we sign off? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for rocking with us and uh, supporting with us, supporting us. Uh, we appreciate it. Keep hitting us up on social media and talking with us. We enjoy it, and uh, we'll be we'll be chatting on game day. So go Hokies. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like like Drift said, thanks to all the supporters. We read all the tweets, all the DMs, all the positive. All the message board shit, yeah. I'll be over there talking shit. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for showing love, man. Like I said, everybody that DM me over the last week just saying and they enjoy the show or they just started listening. A lot of people say they just started listening to the show because of the Gerard Evans episode. Hey, welcome. Stick around. We do this shit all the time. Don V Fridays is not just a show where we interview players. We actually talk about the team. It's not yes, a sir. fuck Fuente. It's not a fuck Fuente <laughs> show. A lot of people think this is a fuck Fuente show, and it's not. It's a fuck Virginia Tech show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ruining a- my fucking life. <laughs> Making me sad. I don't give a fuck who the coach. I don't give a fuck who the coach is, man. These motherfuckers be ruining my life. Let's get to the real shit. But that's it, man. Till next week, man. God bless.